Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Attacking Third. I'm Jenny Chu here with Lisa Carlin, Jordan Angeli, and Darian Jenkins. And on Friday, we covered what was coming out of Spain at that time. And so much has happened over the weekend. We're going to go ahead and get into that. Uh, the Luis Rubiales scandal continues to be the biggest story in football following his refusal to resign on Friday for his behavior at the Women's World Cup trophy ceremony, where he gave Jenny Hermoso an unwanted kiss. Hermoso broke her silence on Friday, releasing a statement in which she confirmed that the kiss was not consensual. Shortly after, the Spanish Federation responded by releasing their own statement aimed at discrediting Hermoso and threatening legal action against her. On Saturday, FIFA provisionally suspended Rubiales for 90 days pending an investigation. The Federation then released another statement, which has since been removed from their website, that read, We have to state that Miss Jennifer Hermoso lies in every statement she makes against the president, and went on to once again threaten legal action against the player. Eleven members of the coaching staff from the under-19s through to the senior team of Spanish women's football then resigned. Notably, head coach Jorge Vilda was not among them. Vilda did release his own statement in which he condemned Rubiales' actions, lamented that the controversy was taking away from the World Cup victory, and again, did not resign. Over the weekend, Hermoso received worldwide support from men and women's players, including right here in the States, where players wore wrist tape in the phrase, Contigo, Jenny. The Lioness has also released a statement of support. And on the men's side, Sevilla wore warm-up shirts with Sacabo printed on them, which translates to it's over. Today, we learned that Rubiales' mother is on a hunger strike in support of her son, while the Spanish prosecutor's office has opened an investigation for sexual assault aimed against the shamed Federation president. UEFA has also received a letter from the Federation in which they state that if action is taken against Rubiales, they will look to withdraw their national teams from competition. In Madrid, a demonstration is currently taking place in the Calao Square in support of Hermoso. That's a lot, ladies. Um, on Friday, Darian, Lisa, and I were here, and we spoke about this. And, Jordan, we haven't gotten your take yet. Let's start with you. First off, I want to say to you three and to Christine, who are here, I think you guys had a really good conversation. And it was heartfelt. It, you spoke your minds. And I think it was, you guys really met the moment where it needed to be met. So um, thank you for that. I know a lot of people echo those sentiments. 
it has unfortunately continued to develop, and I think that's the hardest thing for me. Last week, I remember saying, you know, I, I, I expressing my frustration at us being in this moment right now. I don't want to be talking about this. I want to be talking about Jenny Hermoso. I want to be talking about the players on the Spanish women's national team who did something nobody else has ever done in the history of football. Mm -hmm. In three World Cups, they went from not even competing to winning. And that is an incredible achievement. I wish we weren't here speaking about this. I wish Rubiales would say, I'm sorry, it was a moment that got away from me. Apologize, take control of your actions, and we could proceed from there. But if you're not gonna take accountability, that, that's where we're at. And it, it's hard now because it has gotten, you know, UEFA involved because he is also involved in UEFA. And for me to call a player a liar when the whole world saw what happened yeah. mm -hmm. in front of our eyes, mm -hmm. we saw what happened. So everybody that saw it is a liar? The amount of gaslighting that yeah. has been happening, and I think over the weekend of all the events that have happened, there's been a lot of threats. I'm going to call them empty threats yes. coming from mm -hmm. Rubiales himself, the Spain FA. And one thing that it makes me happy about all of this is that no one cares. Mm -hmm. Denny Hermoso doesn't care about the threats. The women don't care about mm -hmm. the threats. There are protests happening right now because they don't care about these threats, about what's going to happen, because they are standing up for these injustices that mm -hmm. have been happening, and most recently. And I think because of Spain winning the World Cup, it's given them a pedestal in which the world is now watching, and they're using this to their advantage to enact change in what's happening in Spain. Yeah. I agree, and I think this the good thing coming out of it, I completely agree, is that it's opening, it's exposing everything that we've heard these players speak about, that they tried to take privately, and now it's exposing it to the world. And I'm hoping that this lines this federation up so that moving forward, this never has to happen again from the top down, from the bottom up. Everybody that's with the president is gone. I think it's going to expose so many people that have contributed to this toxic environment that we've heard so much of. And sadly, I don't think we've heard the end of it, but I hope it affects the change needed for these women. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lisa, you talk about these threats. Um, the latest being that UEFA received a letter saying that they're going to withdraw their national teams from all competitions. That includes uh, the Euros. That includes qualification for the Euros. Qualification for the Olympics. That what. You, you mentioned them being empty threats. Well, like, how well, do you right do now, that without killing mm -hmm. your whole soccer? Well, right now, none of the, country. the women's players are going to report to national teams. So it doesn't matter what, yeah. what federation they're in because they've already said, hey, we're not going to go unless things change. Mm -hmm. So and to me, that's an empty threat for yeah. the women's team because they're, they already have disbanded yeah. themselves. They've already done that themselves. And when you have players, I know they're not with currently with the, the Spanish men's national team, but when you have Iniesta and Xavi saying what they have said over the weekend in support of Jenny, in support of these women, I'm sure a lot of those men playing for the men's national team, when it comes to be, they're, they're not going to want to represent what mm -hmm. this their, their country, their federation is representing right now. I'm not saying that is going to happen, but I can imagine if the way that they voice their opinions, these men, um, it, we saw it with a lot of the teams showing up with, with shirts before their games in Spain this weekend on the men's side. It seems like everybody's noticing and Everybody's supporting Jenny, and it's not a lie. We saw it in front of our face. Yeah, yeah. It, It's such a 
difficult topic because I've had many conversations where people come up to me and they say, you know, I've heard you talk about this publicly, but I just wanted to get your opinion, see whether it lines up. Like, it is just a kiss in the moment, and, and that's what they view it as. And I'm, I want to just make sure that people are aware that while that may be one viewpoint, the details that have followed after that make it so much worse and make it very visible that this gaslighting and this power structure has continued. And because he then goes on to call her a liar. The world saw it, he calls her a liar, that everything that she says is a lie. And how many times have women been in that situation, or, or just people in general, been in that situation where someone is just completely lying to about everything that you are and what, you, what you've seen and didn't have the backing of the whole entire world seeing it. And, and frankly, Jenny, how many times has this happened behind closed doors to these yep. players? That's something that concerns me. And now it is being noticed, not just in the sports world, but the VP of the Spanish government, Yolanda Diaz, she went um, into a press conference and she said that those who applauded Ruby Alice at that assembly should not continue in their position. So it's getting, it, it's getting recognized outside of the sports world, which is what needs to continue to happen in order for this bubble to continue to grow before it bursts, and, and the bubble being the realization that Ruby Alice doesn't think you did anything wrong. That's like <laughs> the craziest thing. We saw, so I saw it on, on when it happened live, and I'm texting Nico Cantor, my morning footy, and we're questioning, what, what is going on here? He's being very touchy with these players, maybe that's their relationship. I mean, are, we have the text messages to prove that we're thinking, this is weird, this is an uncomfortable thing to watch. Then that happens. And then to go back and to now see, getting notifications from CNN, New York Times, all of these covering this instance and what has transpired, I think the, the idea that we have eyes on it and, and mouths talking about this all over, doesn't allow them to keep it in control. So if they have, say they have, um, Spanish media on, in their pockets because they're the national team, that are not speaking about this in the way that they should, well now, the New York Times is involved, CNN is involved, the worldwide news, BBC has been reported on it. How much influence can you have over everybody to say, she's a liar? No, we all saw you. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to note too that the players taking back the power of saying, well, we're just not gonna show up. We just won a World Cup despite everything going on. You are nothing without us. This entire federation is us. What are you going to do? And we're seeing them squirm with the empty threats and Vilda's saying, oh, well, now I somewhat apologize and I've always supported women. And yeah. it's, it's more and more is going, they're just going to be exposed and I'm looking forward to them. Yeah not being able to speak on it anymore. And it, it's going to continue to go because if, if the players stick their ground mm -hmm. and stand their ground, which they should, remember these players are just earned, they didn't just win the World Cup, they earned a lot of money. And the Federation is paying them that money, right? It, mm -hmm. it funnels through there. How is that going to look? So I, I think that that is going to be a big question. We've already talked about Federations not play, paying their players yeah. over the World Cup. That has been a, a talking point. So these players deserve to be talked about, they deserve their money, they deserve to be listened to, mm -hmm. to be believed, to, to, for people to believe what they say. And before Spain won, I said, I hope they win because I think it'll expose what needs to be exposed. I think it's a lot deeper than any of us thought and there's a lot more um, 
there's a lot more people willing to stand on the wrong side of this. But I think we're show it's also showing everybody else that's not within the Federation who's standing on the right side of things. Mm -hmm. I think that I was more so on the other side of things, Jordan. I was like, I hope they don't win. And there was a lot of people like that. then gives them power that, oh, what we're doing here is working. And obviously, you know, the players before the World Cup, I mean, over a year ago, mm -hmm. had, had mentioned that they had issues. And the Federation then said, if you want to return to the national team, you apologize to us to get an opportunity back on the national team for bringing up these issues. You have to apologize because you had issues with what we did, even though they brought it up in a very, you know, organized way and that, you know, we have these issues. Don't even dare bring that you are unhappy here because you will then need to apologize to have a, a, a space on our team instead of trying to hear them out and trying to change conditions. It's just so reminiscent of, of manipulative behavior and I can't stand, I can't stand it. Yeah, it makes my skin crawl as well. Yeah. Power to the players. Always, always, Darian. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna be talking NWSL and the latest on Sophia Smith. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you wanna pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The NWSL is back in full form and there is plenty of action to talk about. Jordan, what was the thing that stuck out to you most this weekend? I feel like that Abby Dahlkemper goal was really big. Mm -hmm. She's been out for a long time with a back injury. And to score like that, hit the, the crossbar and dink it in with so much power. I, I thought that was a really big moment. Um, gosh, there's so many to lots talk of about. Draws. Lots, lots of, of draws. Lots, lots of draws. Lots of VAR. Emily Fox got a red card. There's a lot happening a lot. at NWSL <laughs> this weekend. Well, let's dig deeper. Uh, Lisa, why don't you take us through Washington Spirit against Portland Thorns highlights. Jenny, this one ends in a draw between Washington and Portland. 1-1 at the end of the day, but Washington not getting back into it until late. Trinity Rodman with some sick skill on the sideline here. She does a cool little pullback right Ooh. through the legs of Megan Klingenberg. 64th minute, Portland on the run. Sam Coffey slots it through to Morgan Weaver. Outside of the right foot, so much curl on it, and the celebration. That's Coffey's seventh assist this year. She leads the NWSL. Here comes Rodman's 86th minute questionable handball in the box by Emily Menges. Ladies, this took forever yeah. to go to review. It took a while for the official to get to the sideline. It hits off Menges's foot, then her hand. Ashley Hatch steps up and puts it away for Ashley Hatch. That's her ninth goal of the year, the fifth one coming from the spot. Ultimately, they, they split the points, though. Portland stays at the top of the table after this 1-1 draw. The biggest thing coming out of that match, though, is Sophia Smith's potential injury. Yeah, really sad to see Sophia mm -hmm. Smith. She went down at the end of the first half in the extra minutes that were added on. Took a lot of time for the training staff to come out. They assessed her knee. Um, ultimately, she did get subbed out in the first half after this tough tackle right there. Yeah, and it's just the trailing leg there that just gets caught underneath her. And um, Lisa, you and I were watching this after our game, and Smith was in tears it, oh. there on the field. She's on crutches at halftime. We do not know what's going on, but for this Portland side, they have shown that they can play without Sophia Smith. Morgan Weaver, a giant piece for this squad. Hannah Belfort as well, who's come in and scored goals over the last few games. But 
Sophia Smith is a difference maker. She's the MVP. She's the reigning MVP of the league, of mm -hmm. the championship. What she can do on the ball just gives so much space to the players around her. Mm -hmm. And you think about what Portland's going to do potentially if they don't have her. Well, that's a huge hole to fill. And, and maybe similarly to Chicago, and not one that you can fill like to like because Chicago loses Mal Swanson early on in the year. It's going to be interesting to see how Portland um, one, what we find out about what's going on with Sophia Smith, but two, how they try to manage without a player like her up front who draws so many eyeballs every time she gets on the ball. Yeah, she's definitely a player where when you're scouting and prepping to play against Portland, you dictate the game by if she's going to start and when she's going to come in the game and how effective she's going to be. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a big shakeup for Portland, but they have the depth, I think, to pull through, and I hope she's okay. We hope that yeah, you know, she yes. absolutely. We'll echo that, Darian. We, we're not sure exactly what the injury is, but we did see her go down, and we mm -hmm. do wish her the best there. Jordan, will you take us through Angel City and OL Reign? Yeah, this is not a draw, you guys. <laughs> this is an exciting game, the last one of the weekend last night, and it was in front of 22,000 in uh, California. This was one where a, a questionable decision, putting Claudia Dickey in the goal instead of Valentine, Tullis Joyce, who typically starts for OL Reign. And look at Camberos. She not only gets around the goalkeeper, but then this really nice ball across the face of goal. Clarice Labian scores the opening goal, and then she assists on this one. Madison Hammond, who has been on fire for Angel City, playing in the sixth, steps up, gets the second goal. And then the one goal for OL Reign comes from Megan Rapino penalty spot. I felt like this was... Yet again, another convincing performance from Angel City, but it all had to do with their mentality. It has changed, Lisa, under Becky Tweed and what mm -hmm. she's been able to do for this squad. Nine unbeaten for Angel City. That's uh, all under Becky Tweed as well. She's come in and she's changed what this team wants to do in their mentality. She's putting players in the right positions to succeed, and I think that's really key. Mm -hmm. You look at Clarice Lebion, who got a goal and an assist in this match. It's because she was in the right role, and, and the, the questions that were asked of her were the ones that she had the answers to as a player, she didn't have to search too far outside of her arsenal. And that's what we're seeing from Angel City, the fact that they're able to go on this run, they use the crowd behind them, and get their first ever win over OL Reign as a club. I feel like it's interesting, too, you talk about Tweed and what she's done with this team, and it felt like for the first part of this year, we saw Angel City play really narrow. A lot of it had to do with uh, how could they find Savannah McCaskill in better spaces. And McCaskill and now Le'Veon are finding these pockets of space so they can utilize their wingers in the right areas. They can get Camberos and Thompson's, Thompson high and wide and get them to the inline like we just saw Camberos do. We weren't seeing that a ton from this Angel City squad earlier in the year and they weren't being successful. I feel like this has been a nice little change up and the mentality is key for me. They're really performing under Tweed. You talk about that um, and it makes me wonder because she's currently still the interim coach. Mm -hmm. Do they make her the coach? Because obviously they have been have a change of mentality, had a change of, of results. Do you see that happening or is that not even a possibility? It's definitely a possibility. I think with the success that they're having right now, I would imagine Angel City is searching for a coach. They're, this is an active role that they're trying to fill. But with the success that they're having right now, why change things yeah. when it's working? It's not as if they're not pushing. You know, they're three points off the playoff line right now. They are getting closer. They just beat OL Reign for the first time ever. They're feeling confident about who they are playing at home in front of 22,000 fans. 
I don't think the shakeup, if it does come, will come this season because there's five games left and why change something that's working? So if the season ends, would you make her the head coach? She would be a high a contender. I, I would definitely give her the, the if biggest. If she wants off. it, if they make question. the playoffs, if she wants it, if they make the playoffs, I think. I don't know how you yeah. would choose somebody differently. It's been a conversation with Angel City when they were hiring their former head coach Freya Coombe in this their inaugural year. It was women led, and they had all these investors, and they were interviewing male coaches, and the fans stood up and, mm -hmm. and said. Uh, no, you, you talk so much about female empowerment and having a women-led club, hire a female coach. And Angel City has talked about how they listened to the fans and they said, okay, let's look at some female candidates. And that's how they landed on Freya Coom, of course, now Becky Tweed as well, a female in that head coaching role. So I think that throws a little wrinkle yeah. in it as well. Thank you, Lisa. That was great insight. But uh, one of the things I wanted to point out about this match is Hammond. Hammond had the play to start the goal uh, for the first one, and then she scores her first NWSL goal in the same match. So congratulations to her on a great performance. Darian, Orlando Pride and San Diego Wave. Take us through it. Oh, I feel like I always talk about Pride when it's San Diego. Poor girls. Yeah, Over to sadly, Darian. I know. <laughs> Not a draw, though. That's good. Uh, sadly, the Pride lost 2-1 to one to San Diego. Here we have the first goal. Abby Dahlkamper off of a corner. Her first goal back in the NWSL since 2016, and her only goal that's not a penalty in the NWSL. So great to see her back. And then we have the pride that equalize it with Marta, showing some sauce, some Brazilian flair. And we get Adriana with that Brazilian connection with the goal off of the cross. And San Diego ultimately had the final answer. Another uh, another set-piece goal, header off of Kira Crusa, and that is her first goal in the NWSL, assist from Mackenzie Doniak, and ultimately San Diego got the win. But have to talk about Abby Dahlkemper and her return after a really long-term injury with her back, and it's so good to see her on the field, and go Bruins. She's <laughs> my former teammate at UCLA. I have to give the shout-out. I'm super happy to see her back on the pitch, and I think that connection with her and Gurma is going to be really, really special moving forward. Yeah, center back pairing between those two that uh, is is really going to be good because they both provide such different things and Gurma has had the ability to step up over the last two years in the NWSL as a leader, leading at the international level as well. And now some of that pressure gets taken off her because Dahlkemper will come into that role. She'll also lead from behind, organize a lot. Dahlkemper can also break lines of defense with passes through mm -hmm. to the strikers, as can Gurma. So it provides that double threat at the center back for San Diego. I loved this game because I think these are the two best center back pairings that we see in NWSL now. With the inclusion of Dahlkemper now mm -hmm. on San Diego, now that she's back Hillsley, Gurma and Dahlkemper, solid. They can yeah. do a number of things. They can play out of the back. They can stretch you long with their, their big diagonals. Good in the air. Good in transition moments defensively. And then on the other side, you have Emily Madrill and you have Raffaele. This is These two teams are going to, they are going to have a push at the end of the season to make playoffs because of what they've done in their back line. They've mm -hmm. solidified it. It looks really good. San Diego was already pretty good, but now you add back in Dahlkemper, you can move around real. You still have Westfall. I, I like what they're doing defensively. And 
you got to have a solid center back pairing if you're going to want to if you're going to push for that championship. Defense yes. wins championships. You know it. You know Both it. of you guys mentioned uh, the balls are breaking lines from Abby Dahlkamper and her ability to do that with Naomi Gurma as well. Naomi Gurma, sorry. Um, and I listened to a podcast where she's with Tobin Heath and Kristen Press, and they're talking about how they all used to fight for the left-sided uh, winger position or, or forward position because they wanted that, that diagonal. across <laughs> diagonal ball from Abby Dahlkamper. So in camp they would fight for it because they knew that she could hit that. So that's something to look forward to as well. Um, we're going to talk more NWSL later on the show, but coming up, we have Sandra Herrera joining us next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All weekend, NWSL players and clubs showed their support for Jenny Hermoso with players wearing wrist tape with the phrase, Contigo Jenny. U.S. Women's National Team stars Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan were just a few of the players who were outspoken in their support for Hermoso. It's been amazing to see support for Jenny Hermoso from all over, including the NWSL. And for more on this and everything around the whole situation, we welcome in CBS reporter Sandra Herrera. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, happy to be with you all once again. Sandra, give me your initial reaction on the latest that has been happening this weekend, because we did speak on Friday, but there's so much more. Uh, to talk about here. Yeah, there is. The The news cycle has not calmed down when it comes to Rubiales and everything surrounding coming, everything coming out of Spain at this point. Uh, we're getting to see more and more show their support and reaction for Jenny Hermoso, you alluding to NWSL, but we also saw in Spain as well, Lacey Santos, uh, the Colombian player going ahead and showing solidarity with Jenny Hermoso as well. And uh, that's really sort of what everyone in terms of showing their support has done right now. Just want to make sure that it's loud, vocal, visual, alongside uh, everything happening with Rubiales, because it's a bit of a waiting game at this moment. There's this next step that everyone is looking for. And I think there's a lot of folks who are looking for that next step to be some official removal uh, from any of his uh, roles of power. And uh, what we're witnessing right now, I think we saw the 90-day suspension from FIFA, and that sort of feels like kind of a bare minimum. But there's also this um, this mandate that they placed. They said, don't have any contact with Hermoso moving forward, which is a little bit of uh, uncharted territory. That's not something that we've ever seen before uh, in women's soccer, something uh, punishment and that sort sort of come down along the way from the highest soccer uh, governing body. But everything coming out of Spain, I think that sort of has everybody kind of waiting for, for what's next. I mean, Spain's national court getting involved as well. They've opened a preliminary investigation uh, into Rubiales and, and with pr prosecutors to now consider whether or not he what he did was actually commit uh, an assault, given the unequivocal nature of it all. And uh, with Hermoso's recent comments as well, they've given her roughly two weeks or so to come to them regarding any additional information about uh, her rights specifically as a possible victim of the alleged sexual assault. And this is all going to come into play into whether or not if she presses charges. 
Yeah, there's so many things that are continuing to develop, Sandra, as we continue to watch this. Um, but in the league, Jenny talked about it. The NWSL players supporting Jenny wearing those wristbands because we had NWSL action, all six teams in action this weekend. And we got to see OL Reign suffer their first loss to Angel City, their third one in a row. Now, Becky Tweed, head coach at Angel City, has been on a tear, nine undefeated with the L.A. side. But I want to talk about OL Reign. What's happening under Laura Harvey? Are they failing to perform, or is the rest of the league catching up to what OL Reign has been doing so successfully as of late? It's the best time of the, the year when it comes <laughs> to the league. It's the final third of the season. There's now officially just five weeks left, and it's wild to think about how many teams mathematically right, are actually involved in this playoff push. I think maybe if you're looking at the bottom half of the table you're going to say okay it's a real long shot for them but you always go back to the the mathematics of it all and whether or not teams are going to get enough points to go ahead and and push through and i think that's what you're going to see along the way here angel city one of those bottom half table teams looking a lot different under becky tweed now when we take a look at ol rain in terms of what they've been doing i think this most recent loss has got to be really frustrating because we look at this game and this is a match in which they had control of the game they had large stretches of better play and they unfortunately did not get the result out of it and it gives a little bit of a boost for the angel city side and then for all rain it kind of makes you go back to the drawing board maybe those are the silver linings that they're going to hang on i think the fact that they've got rose lavelle back in the mix and she was out there playing her butt off looking like <laughs> she did not want to be like at playing in that game, but wanted to still be playing in the World Cup, right? Kind of with that energy. She was kind of really cooking it up on the pitch. And I think those are the things that you want to see moving forward for this team as they continue to have their playoff push. A three-game skid in the regular season is not something that you want to, uh, you know, take a look at and, and say we're dealing with that right now. But I think for Laura Harvey, it's going to be about managing what's remaining of the season because they've also got a Challenge Cup semifinal that they're going to have to figure out how to navigate within this as well. So I like how Laura Harvey has utilized Challenge Cup. This is an OL Reign side that has one of the deepest benches in the league. I think they could go toe-to-toe -to -toe and head-to-head -to -head with Portland Thorns for the crown of who has the deepest bench. OL Reign is one of those teams for sure. So how they're going to continue to utilize the games in front of them will obviously dictate where they end up at the end of the season. But I don't know if they're going to have uh, the same hunger for, uh, you know, Shield, Challenge Cup. They're going to want to compete for everything. This is a team that's used to winning a Shield. This is a team that has found themselves in the mix of Challenge Cup. But they are also chasing that elusive championship that big one right that big fish that just sort of has escaped them for time and time again and and sources that i've spoken to said that they absolutely have that on their list of things to achieve this year so i think with five games remaining in the regular season the challenge cup semifinal, there's enough here for players and manager to turn things around and try to get this uh this ship steered in the right direction Sandra, very positive from you there. Like, things are definitely going to turn around for them if, if everything is so positive as you view it there. Um, but we just got some late news out today that John Herdman, the former Canadian women's national team head coach, who then moved over to the men's national team, has signed a contract with Toronto FC to become their head coach. Do you have a take there? 
Yeah, we wish him well, right? This is this is someone who has been <laughs> not involved in women's soccer for for quite some time, but uh, you know he did have a very key role with uh, Canada's national team when they went ahead and started kind of transforming their program a bit. Look, this team achieved the first ever uh, top four FIFA ranking under his tenure. They went and won back-to-back -back bronze medals. I think there was a little bit of a little bit of a stain there maybe in terms of how he departed from the senior national team. It was in the midst of uh, a cycle, what they were going to look like going into a World Cup, what they were going to look like going into an Olympics. And then they go on and win this gold medal uh, with, with Beth Priestman. So I think there's a lot there that you could look at on, on the resume, but uh, he definitely used a lot of, of his experiences to go ahead and make that shift over to the men's side of the game. And it seems that's where he's still sticking. He's going to MLS. Yeah, Sandra, it's really interesting because we saw that move from women's to men's football. And obviously our takes there um, are pretty same, same, same. Um, but to take the role from a men's national team coach to go to a club side is an interesting um, move as well. I know we've seen the Canadian national team come out or the Federation and the players say that there are many financial issues. So that might be uh, part of why that has happened. But Sandra, thank you so much for all of your insight and getting to pepper you with questions that come to us. <laughs> Happy to be here as always. When we come back, we're speaking to Orlando Pride's Messiah Bright. Stay with us. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. so happy to bring in Messiah Bride of Orlando Pride. She has been taking the league by storm. She just scored her first brace this weekend. Messiah, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, can we just start here? A little bit fun. Uh, we stalked your Instagram, you know, your game day fits <laughs> and all. You have to talk to me. They're fierce, they're fashionable, they're saucy. You know, where does the inspiration come from? Like, what are you following here? Um... I, I think it's just an opportunity to express myself. Uh, I've always been the type to just, you know, just branch out in any way possible. And I think I express that through clothing as well. Uh, um, I really love shoes a lot. And I just really love how I can just put certain pieces together that I have in my closet. Um, instead of, you know, just going out and buying more stuff, um, I try to find what best works for me during the moment. And yeah. I have a fun time doing it. Yeah, you brought you brought it too. Have you had a favorite outfit this year already for your game day fits? Um, probably <laughs> uh, the one um, that I wore with the Kobe shirt. It was mm -hmm. a, a Kobe shirt in the blue shorts, uh, and I had some blue Jackie Robinson dunks on as well. Ooh. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You mentioned the shoes. We'd love to see them. Do you, are, are you a big sneaker gal? How many sneakers do you own? Uh-oh. Oh, I have so many. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. We won't make you count. We'll just ask to see pictures later. Um, Messiah, you're having a breakout rookie year this year, as is Orlando as a team. Making a push for the playoffs, you're just two points out of a playoff position, and Orlando hasn't made the postseason since 2017. At this point in the season, five matches left for the Pride. What is the focus to make a push for playoffs? 
You know, I think the focus now is really just sticking together. Um, you know, we had an unfortunate loss against San Diego during home uh, during our home game. So I think right now we're just moving forward. We know that we we're still in it. So I think that's just what we're focusing on in the front foot. On the front foot is just making sure that we're sticking together as a whole and pushing. Messiah, you had such a decorated collegiate career with so many accolades that it would yeah. take us forever to list out, but one of them being how many goals you scored, which was 50 for TCU. You've had a really good start in your pro career in the NWSL. What's been the biggest adjustment for you going from college to professional? I think the biggest adjustment when I first started my pro career was um, I guess just the level raise, you don't really get that in college. So just experiencing it um, my first year was kind of a struggle for me and an adjustment. Usually, you know, I'm pretty good at putting myself in certain situations and acclimating very quickly, um, which I did. The, the staff and the players did a really good job with making sure that I was comfortable in a new setting. And so I would say that was the most difficult for me. That's great. What what parts of your game are you looking to develop moving on in this season and just moving forward in your pro career? Um, I think one thing that I want to improve is just still being tenacious in front of the goal. So putting myself in better situations, um, which I which I think I'm starting to grasp now, but you can always improve and develop even further. So that's one thing that I'm looking to do in the striker role is just making sure that I'm within the frame of the goal as much as I can be for my teammates um, to put it in the back of the net. Messiah, you're not just doing that. Um, you're also, I feel like your hold-up play has improved. Mm -hmm. So there's there so many things as us as broadcasters that watch, we're seeing it in front of our eyes, somebody grow at such a rapid rate. And I, I would like to think that goal that you scored a couple of weekends ago where you cut the player back and, and scored from the top of the box, that was pretty tenacious. Am I right? Is that what you mean from tenacity? I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> One of the coolest things about really NWSL, but particularly, particularly your guys' team this year, is there's a lot of Brazilian flair within the group. You have Adriana, Marta, and now Rafaeli in the back line. What have you learned from these players with their Brazilian joy for the game and the way that they see the game differently? Has that rubbed off on you at all? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, at practices, they're, they're doing things that you wouldn't even think that a person could do. So sometimes, I, you know, I feel like I could do those things. So it just gives you the confidence. Um, they bring a certain type of style and a certain type of joy and love for the game, as you said. So it's always fun being able to see them play amongst each other and being able to play alongside them on the pitch. So yeah, they, they just bring a new level that just makes you want to um, amp your game up even more. When we talk about Brazilians, Messiah, we cannot forget to mention that you're playing with Marta. I saw an interview where you guys are talking about the fan base talking to each other and you both get pretty emotional Marta about to cry speaking to you know how much yeah. she's seen the league evolve how beautiful is it to share those moments with her I think it's really beautiful um, I you know I wouldn't have imagined in a million years of me just being able to be alongside such a great player um, worldwide and she's done so many things um, globally that you know it's a lot of younger girls and even myself that look up to her. So I was just truly honored to have that moment with her and be vulnerable with her and just share also my journey, but as well as she shares hers and just honing in and building a deeper connection with her on that level. Messiah, you share the pitch with her daily. Uh, we've heard Darian's stories about Marta. <laughs> we've heard Jordan having to defend and go up against Marta. We want to know from you, what is your favorite Marta story? 
I don't think I necessarily have any stories just yet, but I think they're more so moments. Um, but there's always a different moment with Marta every single day. Um, <laughs> you know what you're going to get. And it's just so funny because a person wouldn't even think that that's how she is. And I just love it every single day. Like it, it joys, it brings joy to my mood. Um, it makes me want to come to work just because I know she's going to bring that amp and that pump every single day. And she's not tired when doing so. So how can you be? Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I have noticed, Lisa talked about the playoff push, but one of the big factors is Seb Hines and the coaching staff that you guys have in Orlando over the last little over a year. What do you like about what the staff has, how they have set you up? It, because it really feels like this is a different Orlando pride of the past few years. Yeah, um, I, Seb, I, I always say this, but Seb kind of reminds me of my college coach, Eric, Eric Bell um, from TCU. And, you know, I think he's he's doing an amazing, an amazing job with me. Um, you know, he's trying to get me in areas where I can exploit um, and also just getting the team along with me. Um, he knows what I can bring. And, and you know, I, I'm just working as hard as I can for my teammates in him as well, just to show him that, you know, I, I can do the things that he's asking me to do. Do the, the coaches lean on their MLS experience? Because these are coaches who played a long time in the professional league here in the U.S. Um, is that something that gains trust with you guys as players, knowing that they've been there in these types of moments as well? Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, they, they allow us to do things that, that they don't see as difficult. So I feel that they've also been put in those situations when they were playing at the highest of the highest levels professionally. And, you know, I don't think they put us in certain situations that they know we can't do. So it's always a challenge every single practice. And it's always something different that we're, we're attacking um, to get better um, in games to come. So. That's great. And I had co uh Seb and Giles as my coaches too, and I had the exact same sentiment. With you being a rookie and uh, Emily Madrill also coming into the league, she got a little bit of a head start than you did. Do you two lead on each other going through this experience as your first year pro in the NWSL? Yeah, um, you know, Em's one of my best friends. All, all the rookies were really close together. Um, so I think it's just truly astonishing that, you know, I'm able to share the pitch um, alongside her although she's on the different ends of everything, so <laughs> the defensive level as in me, the attacking level. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it just shows our growth um, together during our rookie seasons. And, you know, I learn a lot from her just as much as she learns from me. Um, and we also challenge each other um, in practices, and uh, we're just looking to get better every single day. Messiah, you've got to work on the, the center back assist to you and your goal. That's the partnership we want to see next. <laughs> 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 definitely, definitely. I've actually, I've definitely have some some moments from Emily and Raffaele. So oh, definitely, we're gonna work well, on that. Yeah. Beautiful, Messiah. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be continuing to watch your transition. And as as uh, Jordan mentions, there, you've been growing so quickly. I'm sure we'll continue to follow that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Messiah. When we come back, Jordan. No. Darian and Lisa are gonna take us through a tactical <laughs> breakdown. It it's always you. You confused me. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Attacking Third. NWSL packed action across the weekend. All 12 teams, six matches. And there was a lot of good things that came out of this weekend that we want to break down. San Diego, Orlando. The Wave get the 2-1 win over the Pride. San Diego goes up first. But the equalizing goal from Orlando, Adriana, it was a thing of beauty, Darian. Thing of beauty. We love to see the Brazilian connection on the pitch, and I'm gutted for my Orlando girlies. But let's take a look at the goal that we're talking about. Orlando in possession of the ball. They get into this midfield pocket, and Cariobello is able to switch it. And just keep your eye on Marta and her movement. And look at how much she checks her shoulder just in this pocket in between the midfield and the back line. And she's able to see that the outside back for San Diego jumps the gun a little bit too early. And with this pass, where she's able to eliminate these three defenders and be in a 1v1 in the corner, which is something I never want to be a part of, <laughs> especially against Marta. But you see her sauce. She's going back and forth. You think she's going to cross with her left. Nope, she does it with her right. And poor defending by San Diego, but Adriana is able to get a tap-in goal with her head. And it was a great equalizer. It gave Orlando a kind of a resurgence of energy back into the game, but... San Diego came back with another set-piece goal and was able to get the win over Orlando. And I'm bummed for them, but it was a really good game and one of the few games that didn't end in a draw this last weekend. That's exactly right. This one, there was a result. San Diego taking all three points. However, across the league, another game, Houston, Kansas City. That one ends in a 1-1 draw, but not without a lot of opportunities. Jane Campbell standing on her head, Fire. making a number of saves throughout this match. But Kansas City, they had some really good moments throughout this 90-minute game. The current, they want to move in transition. Right now, Houston is all pressed to one side of the field. Kansas City needs to open that up. They play back, keep possession. A.D. Franch waits to draw the defender, then plays it to the left center back in Robinson. Robinson waits, draws two of the Houston players, which opens up space centrally. Levanta checks into it, which, again, it's a ripple-down effect, opens up the space behind her. And with one pass, Robinson is able to bypass two lines of Houston defense, playing it into Michelle Cooper. Cooper, she's got her head up. It's now 5v4 in favor of Kansas City, and this pass just continues to open up the seams. In a matter of moments, Kansas City has taken a breakdown pressure situation, turned it into a transition moment, which is how they want to do. Kristen Hamilton, she's upset with herself that she doesn't finish the goal, but those moments were there for Kansas City. They had a lot of patience against a Houston defense that had a really good high counter press against this Kansas City side. You love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, we think Kansas City is really finding their groove. You saw moments of them really playing a little bit more to their strengths, and it was great to see them get a little bit more shots in front of goal, and hopefully they can make this push and come up with a win the next game. Mm -hmm. Darian, talk about that push. It is the end of the season, so let's take a look at the bottom six on the table. 
Jordan, who do you think can make a playoff push here? Oh, it's just going to be interesting. And Sandra said it. This is the best time of the year. We last year saw <laughs> Kansas City go from bottom of the table into the playoff, into the final. So I, I do think that there are teams capable of a really good push at the end of the season. I'm going racing Louisville. I'm going to switch it up a little and go racing Louisville. I like what Kim Bjorka-Grant has done there and the system that they've implemented. It uses their strengths, which is their personnel, DeMello, Kanu, uh, um, Tembi Katlana, Ari Borges, and then Wang Shuang. The way that those players interchange, I feel like, is hard to contain. This is a racing Louisville squad who is going to have a good push here at the end of the, the season. There will for sure be a lot of movement. I have Orlando Pride making a jump. They're only two points out of a playoff position right now. They've had a really good run. Remember, two weeks ago, 5-0. They stomped all over Chicago Red Stars. And Orlando side, that's, I think they're going to make a push. Darian. Isn't it obvious? I'm going with my pride girlies. I think Orlando's going to do it. They have these World Cup players back that are making the team gel even more so than they were before. And I think they're going to take the cake. They're going to do it. I may be misquoting here, but Jordan, when we spoke to Messiah Bry earlier on the show, you said that you were pushing for them and you thought they were going to make it too. Are you I, lying? I do, but I was told I could only choose one team. <laughs> I, think two, I think Orlando Pride and Race Louisville make the playoffs. Don't I think both of them do. I definitely am jumping on Orlando Pride as well there. Um, but ladies, great show. We covered so many topics. There's so much more to talk about. So make sure that you guys join us on Wednesday. We will have so much more. Sandra Herrera joining us today. She will be there as well. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.